It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Twins, your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins Podcast. Today is Thursday, March 4th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Today's episode is brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. You can follow the show at Lockdown Twins. Like I said, I'm Nash Walker. I'm the host of Lockdown Twins and a writer at Twins Daily. I'm a lifelong Twins fan. I like to think I look at the Twins from an analytical view. And also just, uh, I'm a diehard. I, I follow this team every single day. Uh, and I love this team, and I love the the organization. So I'm glad you're joining me today to talk Twins, and we're going to go through the game today and the spring training action at Hammond Stadium in Fort Myers. We had a debut for Kenta Maeda after Nelson Cruz's debut yesterday. Sounds like we're going to see Josh Donaldson for the first time on Sunday. I'm looking forward to that. But we're going to talk about the pitching staff in the first segment here, and then we're going to talk about the offense, and then we're going to go through a mailbag, ask for some questions, and I got some really good questions today for the episode so I'm, I'm looking forward to answering those as well some about how much we should be buying into spring training uh some about future plans some about uh you know louis rise which i really like and, and i think is a good question so we're gonna look forward to that in the third segment but let's start kenta maeda made his debut today for the twins starting i uh, got in some trouble in the first inning bags were loaded something about kenta that i've noticed watching him every fifth day i noticed this last year too Sometimes, and this is the truth with a lot of pitchers, right? And that's why you say you try to get him in the first inning. But sometimes his command, like his slider command, and even his fastball command, it's not really there in the first inning. Some outings, and I noticed that last year, but he always kind of got through it, and he found a way to get outs, and he did again today. It's like very similar to last year. Loaded the bags in the first inning. Didn't give up a hit. He had a Polanco error, so didn't have help behind him but ended up getting out of it and then sailed through the next inning and, and struck out three in his outing. He threw this curveball, like a 12-6 curveball at an average of 75.5 or actually an average of 74 miles per hour. Uh, of course, his vintage slider averaging 81 miles an hour, four-seamer about 91, right where he kind of sits, uh, and then through that split change as well at 84. It was just Ken Tomaeda. Uh, I thought he looked good, and that curveball is interesting because it, it is a variation from the the slider for sure. It's much more 12-6, a lot like Clayton Kershaw's curveball, and he might be throwing that more, and we've heard that potentially he could be throwing a new pitch more. Uh, we know he relies on that slider a lot against both sides of the plate. That split change worked out uh, beautifully last year against both hands as well, so we'll see if he mixes in that curveball. I thought it looked good today, and I thought Kenta looked good today. It just usually takes him an inning. To, to get his command and hone in that command, but I thought he did and, and looked good in two innings. I'm not worried about Kenta being a frontline starter this year. I think the Twins helped tweak him uh, and find out what makes him tick, you know, and, and just kind of tweak him a little bit to unlock that next step, and I think he did in 2020, and I think he's going to continue to pitch really well for the Twins in 2021. This was a nice outing for him, even if it was spring training. He's pitching against uh, G-Man Choi, Randy Arazarena, uh, you know, starters, so... I thought he looked good. Hanzo Robles pitched again today. It was up to 96 with his fastball, which is encouraging. The one thing I'm watching with Robles, Twins offseason edition for $2 million pitch for the Angels last year, is just that velocity, right, and, and the command. But I, I want to see him get up 96-97 after that velocity dip last year. He maxed out at 96 today, averaged 95, and that's kind of where he was last year. So 
I hope moving forward you see him bump up a little bit. And I know it doesn't sound consequential, like 97 and 95 is not that big of a difference. It is, and that almost separated him in 2019 and 2020 from being a really solid closer in 2019 to struggling mightily in 2020. A big part of that, yes, his command and yes, some, some poor outings, but his fastball velocity needs to get back up. I think their twins are hoping for that too, but I think this is just his second outing. So, uh, you know, we'll continue to monitor that, but he throws his change up at 87, his sliders at 90. So he's just, he's a hard thrower. He's got three really good pitches and uh, I thought his command was solid today. I, I thought, uh, you know, he was locating well for the most part and I'm excited about Robles. I think he brings a lot of upside. I'm just watching that velo more than anything with him. Uh, and that's kind of what we're watching in spring training. We just, we're looking for the velo. We're looking for exit velocity. We're looking at pitch changes like Maeda with that curveball, uh, throwing that more. Uh, so, you know, that's what we're looking for, less than results. I can't even remember what Robo, I think he gave up a couple hits in a run today, but I'm, I'm more concerned or more so looking at how his stuff played, and I thought he commanded his stuff well today. Taylor Rogers uh, was not getting the outside of the plate today from the home plate umpire. I can't remember who it was behind the dish, but he said, hey, this is spring training. Can you give me that corner? He was not getting the outside part of the plate today at all. Uh, but again, Matthew Trueblood wrote an article at Twins Daily about how Rogers' slider was spinning really well, and, and he threw it firmly in his first outing. And today, he was he was picking that corner. He just wasn't getting the calls, and, and he worked out of that inning as well. Uh, Rogers is key, of course, to the Twins in 2021, and I think he's a guy, much like Mitch Garver, that we believe is going to bounce back. And maybe Rogers is more likely to bounce back to the 2019 level than Garver is, and obviously much different positions. And uh, but similar outcomes in 2019 where they were just they were great, and, and you hope Rodgers gets back there. I think so far this spring he's looked sharp. Uh, I'm glad Trueblood noticed that his slider looked sharp, and, and I'm excited about Taylor Rodgers here in the back end of the bullpen. Tyler Duffy looked really good today, but his fastball averaged 89.8 miles an hour. I'm a little confused about that. Usually Duff's in the mid-90s, uh, you know, lower to mid-90s. That's weird that he was only averaging 90 today with his fastball, but his curveball is nasty. He was throwing a slow curve at 71 today. A lot like the Maheda curve we saw earlier, but slower. Like he was throwing this thing at 67. Uh, he got down to 67 with that 12-6 today, and it was it was fooling hitters for sure. And he had a really nice inning of work after getting absolutely blasted in his first outing. But if that doesn't tell you spring training, I don't know what does. Like Duffy was dominant today, and, and a couple of days ago he wasn't. And that's the volatility of relievers, but it's also spring training. He's trying new things. That knuckle curve's nasty. But a little weird. Let's keep an eye on the, the four-seam velocity there at 90. It's, it's a little odd. Juan Minaya also pitched for the Twins today. He's got nice velo in the mid-90s. They have like a handful of guys, Sean Anderson, Ian Jabot, Juan Minaya, that throw in the mid-90s, Ian Hamilton, uh, with a good slider. Minaya has a great changeup, so he kind of differs from those guys, but he pitched today. I don't know what the ceiling is for him. He was a good reliever for, for four years or a decent reliever for the White Sox, and, and that might be his ceiling. But I think he'll be a, a valuable piece for the Saints. Manaya pitching today. Thought he looked okay. And then Jorge Alcala, I think, was the headliner here. I thought he looked really good. He did walk someone, but his stuff is just so explosive. Uh, 98 with the fastball. Regularly at 98. Average 97 today. Slider was averaging 90 miles an hour. Uh, Jorge Alcala, is, he's, a special, he's got a special arm. And he was commanding it well today. I thought he looked really good. Uh, he's dominant. He's got dominant stuff, and I think he is another X factor in this bullpen that I'm excited about. Alcala, I thought, looked great today. Uh, he was my my number one, my MVP today, even though Maeda pitched well. I thought Alcala, he's just so fun to watch. Every time he comes in there, it's like must-watch TV. you got to watch him throw because it's just gasolina. 
Uh, when we come back, let's talk about the hitters after this word from Rocco. Let's talk about the offense today and a Twins loss. I didn't even mention they lost because it's spring training. We're not worried about that yet. We'll be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, on there, how did you hear about us, Fox, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Had some regulars in the lineup for the Twins today. I mentioned Donaldson, probably not till Sunday. Max Kepler, Buxton, uh, Jorge Polanco, Miguel Sano, your first four. Ryan Jeffers, Alex Kirilov, Brent Rooker, JT Riddle, and Suway Lin. I've been impressed by Lin so far. He had a double today. He walked twice. I mentioned on the show Tuesday, uh, Monday or Tuesday, that he looked. I mean, he looked strong, and he crushed one today into the corner for a double. I, I like Suway Lin. I think you could potentially see him knocking at the door if there's some injuries in the middle infield. I know the Twins, there's been some speculation that they don't have enough utility depth, and I've kind of just seen Ostadio as, as being that guy. But up the middle, I think they're going to need more than just Polanco and, and Simmons this year. Uh, I think, and Arise, I think you're going to need someone who's going to come from St. Paul, and it could be Suway Lynn. JT Riddle's been rumored in that spot. Uh, he played today, but I was impressed by Lynn. I've been impressed by Lynn so far. Uh, Brent Rooker was quiet, but Alex Kirloff was not today. Two for four, two singles. Uh, you know, faced a tough lefty. I think the bags were loaded, but he went the opposite field. Had a really good at-bat against the sidewinding lefty, and that's not an easy matchup for a left-handed hitter. But he took the ball the other way on an outside slider, outside pitch, and, and hit it hard. It, it, it was a line-out, but I, I, that was impressive, that at-bat. And then just his two hits. He had a double that banged off the wall and then singled late in the game. And his exit velocities were elite today. He was 99 over 100, I think, on the double. But it's, it hasn't registered yet in StatCast. But Alex Kirilov, you know, I, I don't want to – we don't want to get carried away with Alex Kirilov. But I think his left-handed stroke reminds me a lot of another guy with a great left-handed stroke, uh, a homegrown twin, drafted first overall, uh, Joe Maurer. I, I just think – his swing is so smooth that it's it does remind me a lot of Maurer's swing, where he's just gap-to-gap, line-drive hitter, but has big power, too. And Maurer had that power, too, in 2009. It was kind of an aberration. I think Kirilov could have consistent power, uh, but probably won't be hitting 365 like Maurer did in 2009. But you get the idea. I think his stroke from the left side is just really clean. He's got a great swing, and, and you saw that today. And, you know, so far this spring, he hadn't done much like he hadn't gotten a hit yet i think his first hit was that double so it's nice to see him kind of break out today and hit the ball hard uh alex kirloff is a special hitter and i'm excited to see him in the middle of the twins lineup miguel sano struck out a few times today jorge polanco looks a lot more comfortable at the plate to me he walked twice and singled i think i might be getting to the point and i'm not running away with spring training but if i if we feel like jorge polanco's ankle is at a point where he you know he's almost fully healthy which it sounds like he is if they want to switch hitter or they need to move him up the lineup so they have more depth in the lineup where Rocco can do his traditional right, left, right, left, he's not going to be able to do it because there's not enough lefties. 
But I'd be fine with going back to Polanco hitting third, honestly. I mean, I know at the beginning of last year, he was coming off a monstrous 2019, or at least a monstrous first half of 2019. And it went uh, Kepler, Donaldson, Polanco, Cruz. I don't hate that because I like that Polo walks a lot. And he walked twice today and also singled. I think if he can get his OBP, his on-base percentage, up to like 350, 360, 370, I think he has the ability to do that. I think he's a really patient hitter and he has elite contact skills. He's a really good two-strike hitter is Jorge Polanco. So I actually don't mind him at the top of the lineup as much as he did struggle in 2020 uh, because I think his ankle is better. And I'm not believing that he's the 2019 first half monstrous all-star that he was, but I think he's a productive hitter and especially against right-handed pitching. Uh, he's a better left-handed hitter than he is a right-handed hitter. And I am I think I would feel comfortable with him toward the top of the lineup this year to start. I know some people are cringing at that and I understand because he was hard to watch last year at the point, but I would trust him at least right now from what we've seen so far, is that he looks a lot more comfortable at the plate. It's not as much the results. It's He looks comfortable. He's planting on his front foot. He looks like he's got a little bit more power in his swing. I'd like to see a little bit more from him uh, this spring, and we will before we we deem him that I think he looks healthy. But so far, he does, and I think uh, Polanco is going to be fine. Byron Buxton hit second today. Uh, he's taking more pitches, I've noticed a little bit, and we need to see that because last year he was swinging at everything, and it's okay to be aggressive. Uh, but it looked like he was taking more pitches today, being conscious about taking more pitches. It's fun to see him hit second, but I don't think that'll continue. There's been some chatter recently about who's going to lead off for the Twins, Twins Daily. John Bonus, I think, wrote an article about that being a dilemma again this year, and it was last year, and Rocco ended up just going back to Max Kepler. But that was before they signed Andrew Alton Simmons, and that was when Luis Arise was the starting second baseman. And Luis Arise is not the starting second baseman for the Twins. Um, and he doesn't really have a starting spot. And we'll talk about that in the mailbag a little bit more. But Kepler's been leading off primarily when he's played this spring. And a lot of the spring training lineups, like with the top half of the lineup, is always going to be the regulars, like Kepler, Buxton, Polanco, and Sano, just generally. But also because they want to get these guys their at-bats and then take them out of the game. Like they want to get Kepler, Buxton, Polanco three, three at-bats and then get them out. Kirilov hit sixth behind Jeffers today. Because Jeffers ended up getting pulled, but Kirloff was DHing and moved to first base so he could get that extra at-bat. He ended up hitting four times today. And I did predict that we'd see a lot of Kirloff, uh, certainly, uh, this spring. I think they're going to play him. And I, I'm I'm going to guess if at the end of the spring when I tally up, I'm going to tally up plate appearances probably. I, I bet you Alex Kirloff will lead the Twins in plate appearances at the end of the spring. Uh, because I think they're going to try to get him as much work as possible. I, I predicted he'd play two out of every three days. And I think... Uh, they want to get a, a good look at him. And now we have this news that the Saints are going to start a month late. And it's going to be an alternate site for a month. And I think it's a lot harder to justify sending Kirloff to the alternate site than it is to go hit for the Saints. Honestly, I think that's that's going to be a tough decision for them. And it's looming. You know, we're three weeks away. Um, so I think they're going to want to see him as much as possible. I think the lineup looks a lot sweeter when he's in it. And I think they know that too. So we will see what ends up happening. But a factor in this that could come into play is the Twins' schedule in April and May. I did a little study based on Pakoda projections. April and May is the lightest two months, basically, of the year. August is brutal. But their average opponent projected win total in April and May is like 76. And in May, it's 74. But overall, in those two months, it's 76. A lot of Royals, you know, they play the Tigers. They play... Uh, I think they play the Tigers, but there's a weird thing in the schedule where they play the Tigers four times and they have the all-star break. They come out and play them three times, which is weird, but uh, a lot of bad teams in there. I think they play the Pirates in that span. So, 
you know, that makes it even harder for the Twins to not want that extra year of service on Alex Kirilov because they're not playing great teams, right, in that time. Uh, but the offense today, I mean, they didn't score. I think they scored two runs. Uh, I watched the game, I promise. I just don't I don't pay attention to the results as much in spring training. <laughs> I promise when the season starts, I'll, I'll definitely pay more attention to the results, of course. Uh, but so far, the processes I've seen from Alex Kirilov, uh, good bat on ball. I think Polanco, like I said, looks stronger. And Kepler and Buxton just look like themselves. True Blood wrote a good article as well at Twins Daily about Kepler needing to stay aggressive in 2021. I agree. I thought about that that he needs to swing earlier in counts and, and become that aggressive hitter we saw in 2019 again. I think Kepler did say, I heard it on the broadcast, he wants to hit more line drives in 21 instead of trying to uh, hit the ball out of the park. And, you know, if, if that's going to get his his batting average balls in play up, maybe he's talked to the Twins about that, and I feel like that's a good solution. He's still going to probably hit 25, 30 homers, but if he can find gaps more, that might benefit the Twins. After the break, let's talk about this mailbag. I'm going to answer some questions. Looking forward to it. I'll be right back. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. We've got baseball coming up as well. You're going to want in on this action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to our website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, go to betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On. This platform is very easy to navigate. It's very easy to go through, pick what you want, bet on it. You're not going to want to sit on the sidelines anymore. Again, that's betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Keaton asks, "What is the future plan now that Royce Lewis has torn his ACL and undergone surgery? Are they going to re-sign Andrelton Simmons? Are they going to go after one of these monstrous shortstops in the free agent market? Carlos Correa, Trevor Story." Francisco Lindor, Corey Seager, Javier Baez, just like the best shortstop class in the history of baseball. I think I think two of them will make it to free agency. I think Carlos Correa is going to get re-signed. I think Corey Seager is going to get re-signed. And I think Javier Baez is going to re- get re-signed. I think Lindor might too. I think only Trevor Story might make it to free agency, honestly. Uh, why wouldn't the Dodgers re-sign Corey Seager? Unless they feel like Gavin Lux is their shortstop of the future. I think he's more of a second baseman though. I think the Astros didn't re-sign George Springer. Granke's money's coming off the books. Verlander's money's coming off the books. I think they're going to re-sign Carlos Correa. And I think, you know, we've heard some rumblings on that. The Cubs have cut so much, I think they're going to find some room to bring back Javier Baez, especially if he maybe struggles again in 2021 because that'll make it cheaper. I just I don't know if how many of these guys are going to make it. I think the Mets and Lindor is, like, inevitable. I think they're going to come to an agreement on a long-term deal. It might be just story. So this this free agent class might never come to fruition. It might be Story, Simmons, uh, and Semyon. <laughs> yeah, it might be the top of the class. I don't know who else is out there, but uh, which is fine. And you know, I think if they feel like Simmons has is a good fit with the Twins and and he plays well enough, I think Simmons probably is looking for at least one more long term deal before he retires. Um, you know, he's still only I think he's only thirty one. So. Maybe he would take another one-year deal, depending on how the year goes. I think the year would have to go in a certain way for Simmons to come back on another one-year deal. I think he might view this year as a, a trampoline into a longer-term longer contract. But 
yeah, I mean, I still wait on Royce. I think it sounds like they want him to be their shortstop of the future. This is their first pick, this front office. I think they love Royce. I think they see him as a key part of the future. He's only 21. I think he's uh, a couple months older than me. He uh, He's a, a key part of the future. I think, yeah, you could see them have another pillow contract with Simmons. Or you can even see them move Polanco back to short for a year while they're waiting for Royce and, and have Luis Arise play second. And that'll lead me into this next question from Sam, which I think is a really good one. Are there going to be enough at-bats for Luis Arise? I think Luis Arise might be the Twins' best left-handed hitter and, and obviously a very different type of hitter than Max Kepler. But I certainly value the on-base skills. 390 on-base percentage in the last two years for Luis Arise. I think he's a really special hitter. I worry about that, Sam. I think Twins fans worry about that. I, I hope that he gets 500 plate appearances this year if he's healthy. I think he needs to. And I worry that he's not in the lineup every day. And I think it's going to have, uh, I think I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to be really stingy on who's playing for him. Jorge Polanco, I'm going to, I'm going to hold to a high standard because he's taking plate appearances from Luis Arise at second base. He better play a dang good second base and he better hit the ball well, because I know Luis Arise will. Uh, so I think that's something that we need to watch closely and something I'm, I'm worried about. I think that might be my biggest worry is, is Luis Arise getting enough plate appearances because I think, again, he might be the best left-handed hitter on this team. At least right now, I think it'll be Kirilov in the long run but and Larnick, but right now I think Louis might be the best left-handed hitter. Kate said, are you worried about the bullpen in Colome? Yeah, Kate, I mean, it's a good question. I think you can kind of get in that mindset of starting to think about it and saying, well, this is, I mean, they're out there, they're pitching, they're struggling, it must mean something. Yeah, I, I don't as much, and I hope like I've I've come across as is really trying to focus on the process and like looking at how guys are commanding the ball, how guys are throwing the ball as far as velocity. I know Colme has been bad in spring training before, and then has come out and pitched fine in the uh, regular season. But that's just kind of the case with with relievers and, and with spring training. So no, I'm I'm not worried because I think you could have a 30 ERA in spring training and then come out and dominate as soon as the regular season starts and spring training doesn't matter anymore. And so, does it matter in the first place? I don't know. It's it's such a hard place to be. I'm still learning how to evaluate and like do a podcast about spring training. It's like we know it doesn't matter. Vintage Goldie said, "Why can't we have Randy Rosarina on our team? Randy Rosarina is a monster. I mean, I'm, again today he hits everything hard." I think I'm sold on Randy Rosarina being a one of the best hitters in baseball in 2021 and moving forward. I think he's the real deal. And you can point to the small sample of the postseason, but he looks like a, a world-beating hitter. And he looked like it again today in spring training. He's such a tough at-bat. He was all the way through October, and he was again today. He's been so far in spring training. I think a Rosarina is going to win Rookie of the Year, and I think he's going to be one of the best hitters in baseball. Honestly, I'm, I'm very, very high on Randy Rosarina. I think he's given me no reason not to be in the last uh, six months or so. I think he's a, he's a beast, and it would be nice to have him because he's, he's pretty fast too, and I think the Twins might stretch him to center field and give him even more value. I, I like Rosarina. I think he's a special player. Do I miss Marwin from Case? Hi, Case. No, I don't miss Marwin so far. You know, check in with me if there's uh, 10 injuries on the Twins and we've gone through Sue Weyland and JT Riddle and all those other guys. Maybe I'll miss Marwin. Right now, not so much. Thank you so much for all the questions, and I appreciate it. I know this is kind of on short notice. I just kind of shot out a tweet. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's hard not to get worried about spring training, about bullpen performances, but I have to work through that, and we all kind of have to work through that because it's it has no bearing on what happens in the regular season. I am worried about getting enough at-bats for Luis to rise. I don't miss Marwin Gonzalez, and I wish we had Randy Rosarina. 
But I think the Twins will be pretty good without him. I have an article coming out tomorrow night ranking the top 15 teams in the American League, 1 through 15, based on over-unders with some commentary and what I think about those over-unders a little bit. So go check that out tomorrow night at TwinsDaily.com. And continue to listen to the podcast. We'll have Ted Schwerzler on tomorrow morning, and I'll probably post it after the Twins game tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. Five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. Follow the show at Locked On Twins. Thanks again for listening. Go Twins. They have a losing record in the spring, but again, don't worry. It's going to be a good team in the regular season. Thanks again. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.